0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Drasha Deconstructed. I'm Rabbi Yitzhak Together with Rabbi Scott Hoberman. It's so great to be with you, Rabbi Scott Hoberman. Great to be here. Oh, always a pleasure. So this week, uh, we get the privilege to uh, to read Parsha's B'Shalach. And let's put together a Drasha on Parsha's B'Shalach. Are you ready?
1: Yes, absolutely. Born, Ray,
0: you've probably been itching for this. Oh, for, yeah. For days. The
1: last 15 minutes we've been talking about Oh, this.
0: okay. Here we go. So, I'll tell you something that's interesting to me, and I want to hear very, very hoping how this strikes you. So, the Jewish people, Parsha's B'Shalach, the Jewish people have just left Mitzrayim. Really, they left last week in uh, in Parsha's Bo, the second half of Parsha's Bo was leaving Mitzrayim, and now they're wandering around the desert, and they get somewhere near the Yamshuf, and Paro is chasing them. Now, this was always the plan, right? The Torah tells us at the beginning of this week's Parsha that. That he wanted, he made Paro chase after the Jewish people. It right, was Hashem's so, plan. It wasn't our plan, though. We didn't have that. Yeah, the Jewish people
1: didn't choose Nobody that. Nobody told
0: us that. The Jewish, Right, the Jewish people would have preferred that Paro not chase after them. That's a great point.
1: Like putting yourself in their shoes. Like, that's not what they have in mind right now.
0: Right. Sometimes like, well,
1: we're going to Israel.
0: <laughs> right. That's what they thought. Right? When you go on uh, your nefesh-benefesh flight, you don't expect there to be turbulence or anything else on the way. Um, so the same thing is true. The Jewish people are, are leaving Mitzrayim, and all of a sudden, they see, or they're told that Paro is going to chase after them. So in Perak Yidal Pasig it says, Paro is coming after the Jewish people. they All of a sudden, they look up, and Paro finally is there. And they're really scared. And the Jewish people called out to Hashem. Okay? Okay. So this is the part that, that, that I want to think about. It's the word, And they called out. So what did they call out to Hashem? So if you look at the next Pasuk, it doesn't say, but if you look at the next Pasuk, it says, He said is because there weren't enough graves in Mitzrayim, it's more efficient, you know, like the, the, the cemeteries, none of the cemeteries are in the five, like, not in Manhattan, they're all far out, so what, there weren't enough graves in Mitzrayim that you had to take us to the desert to die. You should have just left us in, uh, in Mitzrayim. So, that's what they said to Moshe. But it's not clear how this connects to what they said to Hashem. They right? said, you saw and if you look there are really two approaches to um, to explain the Rav and this is where it gets interesting yeah. Rashi says that they davened just like Avram Yitzchuk and Yaakov davened to Hashem when they got into trouble so the Jewish people also davened to Hashem when they got into trouble beautiful in his language even nice. he says Tafsu avosam. they held on to the tools of their forefathers just like the Avos davened B'nai Yitzchuk now davened their first experience in in freedom, and they daven.
1: So it's but, like the opposite of the next, the next pas- like They're whining and complaining to Moshe. Right.
0: So it's a contrast. They
1: daven to Hashem,
0: but they whine to Moshe. Okay. But, but if you look at Targum Unkelas, and the Ramban points this out, in the end of pasuk Yod, it says, Uziku b'nei so kadam Hashem. Uziku means that they complained. So it's not a contrast. They complained right. to right. Hashem or about Hashem, and they complained to Moshe. So what's so interesting about the word Vayitz'aku is that it's not clear. Is it positive? They right. Wonderful, beautiful, unbelievable. And, but according to Targum Onkelis...
1: Right, he's probably looking at the next Pesach and saying,
0: Right, it doesn't Clearly this is
1: negative. They're doing something wrong.
0: Right, so they're, they're complaining. And we know the Jewish people complain all the time in the Midbar. This would just be the first instance in the that they complain after leaving Mitzrayim. Mm-hmm. So... I want that strikes me. I don't know exactly where to go with it in a drasha, but I just think it's really interesting that the same word can be interpreted in such different ways. According to Targum, they were whining and complaining, and according to according to Rashi, they were davening.
1: Right. It's also interesting. Like just like what is what does it mean to whine and complain to Hashem? Like that act is very similar. To davening.
0: Yeah. What do you, what do you mean by like, that?
1: You're, you're, if you're in distress, you're, someone's chasing you after you, The step one, you turn to God. That was good. That was good. <laughs> and D- your direction is correct. Like their direction is correct. And like, I guess there's a big difference between like, like, Hashem, please help me. That's davening. Right. And Hashem, why are you doing this to me? That's complaining. Like, But well, that yeah, also could I be mean, davening sometimes. Yeah, like, I would
0: associate that with tefillah. That if you're, if you're saying you're in such uh, distress and you tell that to Hashem, so why isn't that tefillah?
1: Right.
0: Is it because they didn't ask for something afterwards? Like, why are you doing this to me? Help me? Is that the issue?
1: Right. I guess like the next pasuk, like what they're saying to Moshe is clearly not a tefillah. They're being sarcastic, saying there's nowhere for us to die in Egypt that you had to kill us or here. This is your
0: fault. This was your so mistake. That, that doesn't you're sound like tefillah.
1: If you're saying that to Hashem... That doesn't sound like a huh I mean,
0: Rabbi Holberman, you are an excellent pastoral rabbi and uh, a counselor. If somebody said to you, they say, you know, I feel so bad that, you know, suddenly I'm going through this trouble and I, I say to Hashem and I say, Hashem, why are you doing this to me? What would you tell them? If they said, I feel guilty about that, what would you tell them?
1: Well, I remember when we were, we had a Shabbos afternoon shear at the RJC, we were learning brachos maybe they're near that now, with with Chana, when she was davening to to have children. Yeah. A lot of her tzvilos are, like, very harsh. They're cutting. Yeah.
0: So what what do you think about that?
1: So I thought, I I don't know, I didn't do enough research to, like, actually resolve when and what is appropriate in each situation. But, like, there must be that there are certain circumstances where it's appropriate to really... Like it's a, your relationship with Hashem isn't just is a relationship. So sometimes you have to really be raw and say how you really feel. Like that's part of having a relationship with Hashem. That you're not suppressing like uh, I'm feeling bad right now, so like let's forget about Hashem and just feel bad. And like only in the good times and like I uh, thank you, Hashem. So that's like not a full relationship. Uh-huh. So in answer to your question, somebody's telling me that they're and they feel guilty about the relationship with Hashem. So the, the, at least that shows at its core that you have a strong relationship with Hashem. You feel His presence in your life. And hmm. hopefully it'll become a positive relationship. At least that's a start.
0: Right. It's a start. You want that to, you, you want to be true to your, your, your emotional state. And you want to direct it towards Hashem. I, that's exactly what I would say. Say, look, you're right. You're not, maybe it's not the highest form of tefillah. But you're, 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 you're having the conversation and you're you're being real about it. And yes, we have to work on our amuna. So I would have thought that that's not so bad. Right. But na- now that we're discussing this, maybe, you know, the um, the Ramban when he quotes the opinion of uh, the of the of Targum Unklis, that they were complaining, so he doesn't like that interpretation because he says it shouldn't say vayatu el lshm they cried to Hashem, it should have said they complained about Hashem, Al Hashem, that's what he, uh, at the very beginning of the Ramban and Yod, he asked that question. So maybe the reason it says, maybe if you translate the word by Yitzhaku, that they complained. And you have this question, why didn't it say El Hashem? You don't, you don't, compl- they, the, the language of complaining in Hebrew would be Al Hashem, Al Hashem about Hashem. So maybe it's, it's pur- according to Targum, it's purposely ambiguous. It's a complaint, which it is, but the word Sa'aka can also mean filah. So maybe that's what Targum meant. Targum meant it's this ambiguous, somewhat prayer, somewhat complaint, and it's directed towards Hashem, and maybe the Jewish people themselves didn't know exactly what to expect, and they were just like responding. And they say, oh, you know, now we're the chosen people. Now we went out of Egypt. We know that whenever we go into, we get into trouble, we're going to turn to Hashem. So but, just to clarify what you're saying, we misunderstood Uncle, It's not negative? I'm saying maybe it's not as negative as, as we thought. I mean, yes, the Jewish people complain in other places, and maybe that is worse. But when you complain to Hashem about himself, about him, about something that Hashem is doing to you, so that is. Part of a tefillah. It's at least the beginning of a tefillah, and right. maybe they still need to add the rest of it.
1: Right. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but do we find in our tradition that they're criticized for complaining here?
0: Um, it depends. So if you look at pasuk the um, at pasuk yud te, pasuk Tesvav so just five seconds later, so Hashem says to Moshe. Why are you crying out to me? The, remember the language in Pasuk Yoda is Vayitzaku. Right. So some nefarshim. Some, I think the Ibn Ezra, um, somebody once showed me this, Ibn Ezra, the Ibn Ezra says that really Hashem was yelling at the Jewish people. He's like, why are you crying out? What he really means is, why are you complaining? So, so like along the... It's but it's along the Oklahoma yeah. ch but again it's not like a real criticism. Hashem's saying don't do that anymore. Instead go through kuyas Syamsov. So I mean I think we've been we've been uh, developing this in a kind of roundabout way. But here's what I reflecting on what we've said, here's what I would say. Rashi says it's Tsvila. Onklis says the word Vayitzaku means to complain. We also know that the word sa'aka means tefillah. We right. know that. We've seen it throughout Chumash. It often means that. It can mean either way. Right. So maybe it's ambiguous. Rashi is saying tefillah. Uncle is saying complaint. Because it was a complaint directed towards Hashem. Which, which was. Which is a form of tefillah. And maybe right. they didn't mean it like that. Maybe they just meant to complain. But like their intuition was good. They were turning in the right direction. And maybe they needed to refine it.
1: Like there's an overlap between a complaint and its tefillah. Yes, like, like maybe there are complaints that are objective. You are complaints. thinking
0: of a Zen diagram. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm showing you with my that hands. Zen right now. Diagram.
1: I love Zen diagrams. Yeah, continue. So like there's an overlap. Like it's a certain type of complaint, which it's already a tefillah now. Not it's a still Zen complaint diagram. Of a Venn diagram. I don't want to correct you on the air. Oh, yeah. it's
0: okay. Our listeners know that uh, I love Venn diagrams, also. Exactly. Yeah, continue. So, so like, that's what this is.
1: And you're saying rashes, and right, it's purposely
0: ambiguous. This is something that my, my rabbi, Rabbi Chaim Angel, used to talk about. Things that are purposely left ambiguous in order to include both sides of the interpretation. So, for the Jewish people, that was that was okay, or it was a it was a first step. They cried out in complaint and tefillah to Hashem. And over time, we have to perfect this. But I mean, you and I—we we see people going through stress. We see people going through uh, hurt and anguish and distress. And we we know that what that when they turn to Hashem, it's not always going to be a perfect right. um, tefillah, but it's going to be a real experience, right? Right. And and I think that's a really valuable first
1: step. Yes, yeah, I mean, some people you just read the words in the sinner and it has no meaning to you. and all right. the feelings you really have are not being related to Hashem right so you're saying that the vayitzak al Hashem is those of us who are able to connect to Hashem in that way and we should right. all we all strive to right like you really feel that you right. really feel this passion towards Hashem right which sometimes is not hundred percent right. you know, a beautiful like Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov but also becomes
0: right you know it reminds me of John Gottman's research you know John Gottman's research, yeah. He's a So John Gottman um, famously did research on f- couples who fight, and what they fa- what he and his wife found, was that couples that don't fight at all
1: yeah.
0: have um, very poor marriages. It's which like you understand, a like war. they're, they're yeah. right. It's like a parallel type of life. Couples that fight too much, that's also um, not healthy. Right. But he says there has to be a ratio of fighting and not fighting. You know his famous ratio? Nine to one. He changed it over time. I think he started with five to one and then he made it seven to one. Either way, the point is that that the, that that the fighting is healthy. He says, however, one of the things he says, he says, it has to be a healthy type of fight, meaning where you're turning to the other person. He says if it's a fight where you turn away from the other person, like after the fight you just never, you decide you're never going to make up, so then, that's an unhealthy fight. But if you're fighting with each other, he said, and it's a, and it's within the proper five five to one or nine to one ratio. Um, so then, that's a very healthy type of dynamic. The word here is dynamic. So the Jewish people in, within their tefillah kind of had that. Yes, we believe that we believe Hashem took us out. We understand Hashem can save us, and we're also very scared. The yitzaku. And they cried out. How did they cry out? Was it a complaint? Was it fila? I would suggest maybe that it was it, both. It was both. It was both. And and, and and that may have been proper over here. You know, the Ramban also says that it was both, but not on this word. He thinks that, they were, the next that B'nai Israel did both. Some people did it like this, and some people did it like that. Some I mean, some of them screamed out to Hashem,
1: daven. they're davening. And some people scream to Moshe, Hamibli and try Bimitraim, they're whining and complaining. Right,
0: right. So, so I think that, that type You're of... You're saying
1: without creating two groups.
0: One group these Within each person's heart. It was levav, two vases, two approaches. Um, so I think that, that maybe that's what it means. So, you know, if, if we're, we're just going to give the components of a drasha before actually... We, not, we don't have to, to deliver it right, right now. But i think if i, I think that in adrasha using one word that is not clear and can go in such different ways and it's purposefully ambiguous, I think it is is very um is interesting and inviting in adrasha because right. it calls it like it lets people it draws people in yeah, like what also, do you think about
1: it it's also very like it's very relatable any any concept that instead of like there's this approach and that approach but like putting things together like I think we live lives like that that like we're synthesizing different values and different feelings right. so I think people relate to right. complexity like, right. like the Vaitsaku like, don't just pick one shot but to like make it right. into a complex relationship right. I think people appreciate that right. I
0: hope that our listeners are able to uh, they, they take this into their their own their own relationships and their own situations and circumstances and I think we'll all recognize that this is really part of our experience of tefillah and that the passion that you mentioned, the passion of sometimes comes with this type of dynamic, and that's really healthy. All right. Hey, Roman, I think that's great. I hope uh, all our listeners have a great Shabbos. Okay,
1: have a great Shabbos, everyone. Yeah,
0: and enjoy all that learning. And remember to subscribe to Drusher Deconstructed.